You're listening to Scattered by Anchored Baptist Church, where we are working to reflect the diversity of Hermanus as we gather to hear good news and as we scatter to share it. On the last day of the feast, the great day, Jesus stood up and cried out, If anyone thirsts, let him come to me and drink. Whoever believes in me, as the scripture has said, out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. Now this he said about the Spirit, whom those who believed in him were to receive. For as yet the Spirit had not been given because Jesus was not yet glorified. God, we love you, and we thank you for your word. Lord, we thank you that we have your spirit so that we can read your word and read it well. Lord, help us to do that today. We also ask now that by this word and through your spirit, you would be shaping us, changing us, and growing us. It's in Jesus' name we pray these things. Amen. And here's our big idea for this morning. Jesus fills us with the Spirit and sends us with water into a world of drought. Jesus fills us with the Spirit and sends us with water into a world of drought. All right. Now, here's the problem with only preaching three verses. You have no context at all for what's going on in this passage. Maybe you do. Maybe you've already read this before. You know exactly what's happening. But there is a feast happening. We do know that from verse 37. Specifically, this is the Feast of Booths. Now, this was a time of remembrance amongst God's people when they would literally have a tent and they would pack it up and they would move. Maybe it's just a couple of, just a a meter to the other direction, but they would pick it up and they would move it at the end of each day or the beginning of each day. Why? To remember God carrying his people through the wilderness, being faithful to them as they went. Most specifically, uh, you'll remember from Exodus chapter 17, an event that happened. And this was when all of God's people were cranky, to say the least. And more specifically, they were um, holding grievances against God. Why? Because they were thirsty. Now, as someone that gets very easily dehydrated, I understand this. I, too, would be cranky without my daily water allotment, okay? I would have a migraine, and I would be upset, um... Okay, that's not actually the point of what's going on here. But needless to say, God's people were angry. And they wanted what they wanted, and they wanted it now. And so, uh, Moses does that. He takes the staff that God has been using all along, and he takes it into his hand, and he strikes the rock, and out of that rock comes what? Little baby rocks? 
No, water. That's right. Usually when you hit a rock, little rocks come out. I think that's true, right? But this time, you know what came out? Water. And that water didn't cease. It kept flowing out of the rock. It kept flowing out of the rock. And not only that, but we read this in 1 Corinthians. For I do not want you to be unaware, brothers, that our fathers were all under the cloud and all passed through the sea. So here Paul in 1 Corinthians chapter 10 is reliving the Exodus event. He's saying, do you guys remember? Don't be unaware. Um, They were all under the cloud and all passed through the sea and all were baptized into Moses in the cloud and in the sea and all ate the same spiritual food. And what now? Verse 4, and all drank the same spiritual drink for they drank from the spiritual rock that followed them and the rock was Christ. So as they were in the wilderness, what was happening? This rock was following them. uh, And this rock was giving them the water that they needed. And Paul goes so far as to give us a good truth that we would need for that passage to tell us who that rock is. That rock is Christ. That does sound a little bit strange, but let's keep working with it because it's important for our passage this morning. So, this feast then, each and every day, uh, you would go to the, actually the pool. Do you remember the blind man that Jesus uh, spat in his eyes? And uh, as he's walking to the pool, he's getting the mud out of his eyes and he washes off and he suddenly realizes, oh, this is what seeing is, right? Out of that pool, you could go and you could draw water. And so during the course of this festival, people would take a bucket or a piece of pottery and they would go and they would draw water from that pool. It would be a a picture of everyone going to the rock and collecting water at the rock. Now on the last day of this festival, which is allegedly the greatest day of this festival, uh, maybe it was because it's over and you don't have to be sleeping in a tent in the city anymore. I'm not sure. Um, Jesus stood up and he cried out, If anyone thirsts, let him come to me and drink. So all y'all who are going and collecting water with your pot, come to me instead. You keep going to that pool and you're going to keep being thirsty. Instead, come to me and drink. We've seen Jesus use language like this before, um, language of thirst or drought. Uh, In fact, when Jesus is preaching what we know as the Beatitudes, uh, or as the Sermon on the Mount, rather, uh, what does he say uh, about thirsting and hungering? Anything? Nothing? Oh my goodness. Oh no, people. Yeah, good, 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 good. Uh, blessed are those who, who, who hunger and thirst after righteousness. That's right. Um, why are they hungering and thirsting again? Because they don't have it. Why do you hunger and thirst? Because you don't have it. If you're thirsty, why is it? Because you haven't drank anything. If you're hungry, why is it? Because you haven't eaten anything, Right? And this is what Jesus is putting forward in that sermon. And here, He's using this language to talk about Himself. 
Are you thirsting? Now, everyone's getting their their needs met by going to the pool and getting the water, and yet, he's pointing to something else. If anyone thirsts, let him come to me and drink. Are, Are you thirsty for righteousness, Jesus is saying? Come to me, drink. Whoever believes in me, as the Scripture has said, out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. Um, Now, I love this verse in particular because Jesus says, as the Scripture has said, and you know what we don't have in our Bible? That verse right there. (laughs) We actually don't have anything very close to this quotation that Jesus is using. Um, There's probably some really good reasons for that. It sounds a lot like things that we hear in the Psalms. It sounds like a lot of things that we hear in Leviticus. Um, If you had a a study Bible or something, it would probably point you to the book of Proverbs where you hear something that's almost like it, but not quite like it. Why is that? What is Jesus saying here when he says, uh, as the Scripture has said? Well, Jesus is doing exactly what Paul has already done for us here this morning. And he's saying... um, This image that you get in Scripture, this is what I'm talking about. He's probably weaving together a bunch of different Scriptures. In fact, um, we'll call him an ancient uh, church father here. Uh, This is what he says. The passage Jesus is quoting is difficult to find, although one might look in Isaiah or the Psalms. Our Lord uses the imagery of the brook in Leviticus from which Israel took everything for its, for its observance of the feast to point to himself as a river who would restore paradise and bring to us spiritual and divine delight. That's Cyril of Alexandria. And so, no, we don't have an exact quotation for that passage, but what we do have is Jesus weaving together the history of Israel And he's saying to them, all those years that you wandered in the wilderness and you had questions about would your thirst be met or quenched that day, look to me right now and believe. Because if you're thirsty, you can come to me and I will satisfy. Now this he said about the Spirit. Now John's going to interpret all of this for us. Thank you, John. Now this he said about the Spirit, whom those who believed in him were to receive. For as yet the Spirit had not been given, because Jesus was not yet glorified. Now over the last couple of weeks, uh, we've been seeing some themes that have popped up. Um. Our first theme was one of of Jesus never leaving us alone. That we would not be left orphaned. That in fact, He would give Himself to each of us. We've also been encouraged the last several weeks to cling tightly to Jesus and His Word. To cling tightly to Jesus and to His Word. And this week, Jesus is inviting us to do that very same thing 
but he's doing it in a somewhat unique way. Now, as we've already read in our other passages this morning, uh, we do receive the Holy Spirit. Let me take us back to that Ephesians passage that we read earlier. In Him you also, when you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, and believed in Him, were sealed with the promised Holy Spirit. So you weren't there on the day of Pentecost. I don't think any of you were there on the day of Pentecost. Uh, How did you get the Holy Spirit? The day that you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, and believed in Him. Now on that day, you received the Holy Spirit. You were sealed by the Holy Spirit. That is, the promise that God gave to you was tucked in tightly and kept safe in you by Him. And Paul tells us in verse 14 that the Holy Spirit is the guarantee of our inheritance until we acquire possession of it to the praise of His glory. So when Jesus says, if anyone thirsts, let him come to Me and drink, He is encouraging us that we can come and that picture that we would have been taking as as a simple remembrance of, of God's faithfulness. And let's be honest, we know how these things work. When we do things only as a remembrance, what happens? Yeah, that's so true. You do, you forget, right? Um, you know, I have this problem with my car. I forget to get my, my tires rotated on my car. Now, I remember, I get in the car and I think, oh man, I should go get these tires rotated. And then I never do it, right? I think about it all the time. Even now, as I'm thinking about it, I'm like, okay, this week. No, this is the week. As I'm going to go and look at them, and they're bald. They're, they're totally bald. These tires are worthless. You, you shouldn't rotate them. I need to replace them is what I need to do. Because I didn't remember. All the times that I remembered, this, this habitual thing, this thing that I should have been doing regularly, I didn't do. And now what? Now the tires are all wobbly. That doesn't work anymore. Look, you could pick out anything in your life where you decide, maybe it's your, a routine, something you do each and every day, and it's actually bad for you, but you keep doing it anyway. Why? Because it's what you do. You don't remember why you do it, but you keep on doing it. This feast here, this feast of booths, this was a big one. Everyone took part in this. Everyone knew what you did was you set up a tent, you took your pitcher, and you went down, You took your pot and you went down and you got water and then you walked back to your tent and that's what you had for the day. And yet, it was a ritual. This remembrance was a ritual. God the Holy Spirit wasn't uh, partnering Himself with this ritual. God didn't place His Word on this ritual and say each and every time that you use this pitcher, I will be strengthening you. God didn't do that. This was just a remembrance. And Jesus is telling them, out of His heart, you who believe, out of His heart will flow rivers of living water. 
you will no longer need a pitcher or a pot to draw water because you will have a fountain of living water welling up inside of you. Now, we've heard Jesus use language of living water before. We actually talked about it some time ago now in John chapter 4. Jesus is talking to the woman at the well, right? And what does he say to her? Well, if you would ask, I'd give you living water. And she still doesn't quite get it, right? It takes her a little bit. It takes her a little bit. And, and she says, well, if you've got that, and it's going to, I'm never going to thirst again, why in the world are we sitting here talking about the water that we could get from this well? Just give me that water, and then neither of us will have to be thirsty again. She doesn't quite get it yet. And then Jesus goes through, I don't know, better word, a bit of a charade with her. He play acts with her until eventually she understands and he just comes out and says, I'm he. I'm the one you've been waiting for. And we never get a a verbal uh, word that she understood exactly what was going on, but we know that she understood. Why? Because she had that living water all of a sudden. She left her, her bucket there at the well She wasn't thirsting anymore. She ran into town and told everyone, I just met this guy who told me everything that I had ever done, and he told me that he's the Messiah. And she starts spreading the good word about this living water that she's received. Why? I think because of what we're reading here in verse 38. Out of that person's heart will flow rivers of living water. That woman at the well, she went and told other people because this fountain that was flowing up out of her, this river that was flowing out from her was not something that could be contained. It's like that rock that was hit in the wilderness and it just kept draining. Why? It couldn't be contained anymore. God is choosing to bless His people. And he's choosing to do that by giving them his spirit. So we've already thanked John for interpreting for us what's happened in this passage. The fact that this was about the spirit. But We also have this little word, this little phrase at the very end of verse 39. Because Jesus was not yet glorified. So not everything was revealed at this time. Why? Because Jesus was not yet glorified. Through the Easter season, we learned over and over again what Jesus being glorified looks like. Uh, It's not the same thing as what we think about when we think about being glorified and, and being with God forever. Rather, what it looked like for Jesus to be glorified was to go to the cross bearing the weight of your sin. And so that's happened. Jesus has done that. He has borne the weight of your sin. He has, uh, in fact, uh, been glorified, and we know this for all kinds of reasons, but we also know this because God has given His Holy Spirit to all who believe. It's 
it's after last week when we talked about Jesus' ascension. And Jesus promised a helper would, would come, that He would not leave us orphaned. It's in that that we also understand that when, when Jesus is physically present with His disciples, there are certain limitations to who Jesus is for each and every person in the world. But after His ascension and the sending of the Holy Spirit, there are no limitations for who Jesus is for each and every person in the world. In fact, on the cross, when Jesus was glorified, He gave all of Himself for us. And at the ascension and the sending of His Holy Spirit, Jesus gave all of Himself to us, if we wanted to say it like that. And in receiving all of who Jesus is, Jesus without limits, we receive God the Holy Spirit without reservation. God sends His Holy Spirit both enabling us to believe and conforming us into the faith in which we claim. Sealing us and comforting us and always giving us the promise of Himself. And yet, as we've learned before, um, every time that Jesus, uh, every time we talk about being saved, we understand that we're not just saved from something. We're not just saved from ourselves, uh, Satan, sin, death, hell. But we're also saved to something. We're saved into something. We're, we're saved into God's family. We're brought into His church. We're also saved with a good word to go out into the world with. With a, an overflowing river that can be shared with others. We, are, we have an endless uh, fountain, spring of God the Holy Spirit inside of us to share with those around us because this is a world of drought. And we're sent out into it to quench that thirst. Jesus fills us with the Spirit and sends us with water into a world of drought. Until next time, know that the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God the Father and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit is with you all.